Hello. I'm excited to be here and I hope I'm audible. Let me know where you are joining from. If you are joining from Nigeria, any state in Nigeria, bro, just type in the comment box. Let's see, let's go. And let me know your energy level. Is it, what's your current energy level? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see Ola Dej. Awesome, our guest is here. I can see John. Wow, Ola Dumeji, Michael from Lagos. Welcome, Michael. Yes, let's know where you are chatting from. Let's know where you are joining from. I can see Michael from Lagos. Let's have it coming. Yes, let's know where you are chatting from. Let's know. So very quickly, we have our guest with us, um, John, and we'll be bringing him to the stream. Hi, John. Hey there. Can you hear me? How are you? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? I'm doing well. Wow. That's great. Um, Um, can you see the chat in the chat box? I think I can see Robert from Elorin, Quara State Great. I can see Abdul from Nigeria, and I can see Iyanu Lua Great. So as hey, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. I can hear you now. So has been the weather over so there. So if I kind of cut it, I apologize for that. Can you hear me? I hear you great. Oh, great, great. Okay. So yeah, I'm excited. We'll bring to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'd love to hear of your word of wisdom today. Um, I will be. We bring the mic over to you in the presentation, and we're glad to learn from you. Thank you for coming on board once again. Um, yeah. All right. You are home now.
I think it's just me now. My connection. All right. So if you guys can see and hear me now, what I'm going to talk about today is, well, the title is Breaking Into Telecom, but honestly, I'm going to talk about just breaking into any kind of job. Um, they're really, they're kind of, you know, the, the main process, and especially at the junior level, a lot of it's the same. Um, so I'm hoping to get into that. Emmanuel, am I going to be driving the slides or do you have them? Can you hear me? So, well, I think I might be the one driving. So I'm going to share one of my screens. And get this presentation underway. And I'm going to hope you all can hear me well. Okay, so I'm going to teach you all about breaking into telecom. And first, when I graduated high school back in 2007, and my main objective at the time was to get good enough grades and do enough in school that I am able to get into some of the top schools if possible. And if not, to at least just get into a university because um, I figure it's probably going to help my odds. And it definitely does. Um, anybody who says you don't need a degree or that haven't... I hope that... People with the bachelor's degree make 83%. 2007 to 2016, I was in school. And this is all an impact as possible. So that means joining student organizations, trying to get internships. And when you're in student organizations, make sure you're trying to get some leadership positions. You want to you know, try to be the president, try to be the VP, treasurer. Um, working with money and working with people is, that's business. That is business. So being able to you know, have that skill set is going to help. Then <clears throat> I was in school for a while. I don't know if you can you notice there from 2007 to 2016, I was in school for nine years. Um, I did get two degrees, but um, yeah, I was, a lot of my friends call me Van Wilder. So that takes me to you know graduation and getting my first job. So I have an engineering management degree and an international business uh, degree. And so I got offers from uh, AB InBev, which is the Budweiser brand and AT&T, and I also had a couple offers for fellowships for graduate programs if I wanted to pursue my PhD. So I had a couple options, um, which was a, you know, a really nice problem to have. And I hope it's the problem you guys can have uh, whenever you guys start seeking out your positions, and hopefully I can teach you guys how to get there. Uh, bringing it to today of why you might want to continue listening to me is that I've 
continued doing stuff, right? I didn't just get the job and then stop. Um, I've continued to hold various positions. One is being a technical project manager. I built cell towers um, and did cell tower additions across some of the, the states. I was a data analyst on the international team, same with being an application developer. So I made a couple apps, that was really fun. Right now I'm currently the, um, I wear a couple hats. Uh, I'm the comm lead and I'm the special projects lead for one of the implementation uh, teams in the core network. Um, so all that means is I kind of get the stuff that's weird and it's not, you know, specific, a good challenge. And so because of some of the work that I've done, I've gotten some awards. Um, I'm both a TDP and a Spark participant, which basically means I'm in the top 5% of the company. Um, and I've also gotten a uh, Making a Difference award a few times now. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. Now moving on to the plan, right? So if you're going to get anything done that's going to have a big impact, a plan is probably a way to get there. So we're going to break this down into three things. We need to prepare, then we need to network, then we need to apply and interview. And so what does that mean when we're preparing? Um, preparation is ongoing. It kind of looks like it's a, you know, I put it up here as like one little box, but this is something you're always going to do. Um, same with networking. They, you know, stop doing these. Um, and we'll talk about why a little bit later. So let's just go into what is prepare. So prepare is having the experience and skills. Now, experience doesn't necessarily mean like work experience. You know, I've been I've been working for five years or whatever, right? But I had years of experience before that. I had internships. I was leading teams, you know, within school. And as long as it's real, then put it on your resume. So even if you did it in school, it's real experience. And when I say real experience, um, so a term that we use down here in the South is uh, the passing the red face test, right? Like, so if, if I can tell you something and I'm not going to get red in the face, right? It's not, I'm not telling like a white lie. As long as this is the truth, then put it on your resume. That is the truth. Your resume is, is going to be a, an extension of what you have done. And I won't, you know, me or some other hiring manager is never going to know what you did unless you tell us. So skills, that's going to depend a lot on the, the business unit and the role. And I'm going to talk a little bit more of that on the, the next slide. That brings us to the network, right? Your network. You have a network. You already have one. And you're already networking. The question is, is are you doing it with purpose? And are you doing it, you know, tactfully and strategically? So that means making meaningful connections and finding mentorships and sponsorships. Mentorship is just someone who gives some advice. Like, I'm a mentor to a couple college students right now. And they literally just ask me questions. And I try to help them as best I can, or I point them to the right resource. Sponsor is a little different. Sponsor is someone who's <clears throat> might be in the decision-making room, and they're going to bring your name up as someone who can solve the problem. Now, you see the difference there, right? That's a massive difference. Someone's just giving you advice versus someone else is truly like advocating for you. Now, meaningful connections, mentorships, sponsorships, this is all thinking long-term. This plays out really well in the long-term. And what I... And I know this works. I've got three job offers this year that I did not apply for. That's because there are other people in my network who've worked with me in the past or have heard about working with me in the past and have heard that it's it's easy to do so. So taking it to the, the application, we're gonna get in some of this more later, but I just kinda wanna frame up what we're gonna talk about. 
is applying and interviewing. So the resume, that needs to be all about the accomplishments. I'm gonna talk more about resumes uh, once we get to slide seven, but accomplishments. I cannot tell you how many resumes I've reviewed that are job descriptions, okay? So I want you to think about being on the other side. Have a little empathy, and empathy just means being able to have someone else's perspective, and know where they're coming from. So try to have empathy of the hiring manager. Okay, let's say I'm, I'm hiring you. And let's say your experience has been a waiter or a waitress. Okay. Um, what do you want to put on the resume for waiter or waitress? You probably don't want to put, you know, you know, had to memorize menu. Frankly, if you didn't do those things, then you weren't a waiter. Okay, so don't list things that I know you already did. Tell me things that you went above and beyond. You know, you outperformed your peers. You taught your peers how to do something new. You implemented a training program for safety. Those are big accomplishments. That's making an impact in an org and it makes it really obvious that I should hire you when I see that on your resume. So, and then I'm gonna wrap up this, this conversation at the end of this presentation with talking a little bit about confidence and imposter syndrome. So, there's a lot of people lacking confidence. I lack confidence sometimes. Some of your your the people you admire the most lack confidence. Some you know more than you probably think or that they would want to admit. And we'll talk about that a little bit more here in the end. So I'm gonna get us to the next slide. Okay. So preparation. Something that I know I didn't understand when I was was in school that probably would have helped me was seeing this. So. This chart is nice because this is made up. I made this up two days ago. Um, but this should help illustrate how companies are organized. And what I want you to see is that there are roles, right? You've got supervisors, engineers, people managers, and whatnot. And they can fit into the, the various different uh, units, right? The business units. So there's a business unit called business right they, they do marketing and stuff like that they do marketing and finance there's an operation side of the house so like in telecom it's the op operation slash network so those are the people putting fiber in the ground installing cell towers up that's where i work then you have the sales folks right totally different than marketing totally different than finance these are salesmen then uh the technical development that's like software development stuff like that now this is just a couple business units and this is a made-up company big companies have a lot more and a lot more people um a hundred folks there's there's eight thousand people in my org so some of these companies get massive but they can also do a lot i've seen a lot of small companies do really crazy things uh if you're familiar with patreon i believe they were like a 15-man development team for like the first three or four years and they you know they made a very large impact on the world so far so i wanted to to, to show you this to show that you can be a a salesman and work in business with an engineer and you can work in a couple different places. There are sales engineers, there are business engineers. But one of the things I want you to take away is that there's more engineers in operations, networks, and tech dev. And there's less engineers in sales and business. But I want to I want that to be an opportunity, right? Because there's a lot of engineers that want to be in tech dev. There's a lot of engineers that want to be in network operations. There's a lot of marketing folks that want to work on the business side. And so that's where they kind of fit. That's where they gravitate. And those are the, the, that's, those are the places where people apply. So it's really competitive. If you're really interested, right, in something else, 
I really, something I've really started doing in the last couple of years, and I've noticed that other people do and it works very successful is to lean into where they're, they're different or they're weird or they're odd, right? Those are the people that make breakthrough impacts, you know, massive impacts in their orgs. And what I'm talking about is like the one engineer there in business, there's not a whole lot of engineers in business, right? Because they don't like people. Is rare. It's hard to find. It's super valuable. So be that if, you know, you can fit into that rare thing. You need the right skill set, right? So you need to know about business and you need to know about engineering to have that one role right there. But it could be you. Um, or if you just know that, hey, I've like sales, I want to be. So continue on that preparation. So now hopefully you understand a little bit about like what kind of skills you might want to tackle. Um, let's talk about, you know, two big things, universal skills and specific skills. There are skills that are universally applied. If you have this skill, you're going to be useful. And you can almost think of it the other way. If you don't have this skill, it would be difficult for me to use you, right? To have to have you be valuable in my org. If you don't know Excel and PowerPoint, I we couldn't. I mean, I made a PowerPoint, right? I made that the the thing we saw before was an Excel sheet. Um, if you can't use these simple, these are simple tools that we use for communicating information. You get, definitely can't do the the second part, which is communicate the written and verbal communication. This is used in every role. Um, and learning to write things as short as possible without losing losing the meaning or context, that is hard. And frankly, it's we kind of taught that, I, I was taught that to do the opposite in high school and in college. They tell you, write as long, right? You want, you want a 10-page paper, 20-page paper, 30-page paper. And I don't know about you, have, have you ever read a... I've read like one. It, was, it had to be something super... So try to write as short as possible whenever you're communicating in the professional world. People value that because it shows that you value my time by communicating quickly. Three other skills that you're going to find useful. Um, two have been around forever. One's kind of emerging. Leadership. If you can be a leader, that's super helpful because you're going to find yourself in opportunities and situations sometimes, but I'll call them an opportunity where the leader in the in the room isn't leading the, the meeting and so you find a whole you get a whole bunch of people in the room and we're wasting time which means we're wasting money if you can kind of step in and, and ask some questions that might help get the, the room back on track show a little leadership there to get the meeting back on where we're supposed to be talking about that's going to be critical it's going to be really helpful in getting you a job and in helping you grow within that role critical thinking we need people that can solve problems at every aspect of every role of every company. You need to solve a sales problem. You need to sales, solve a marketing problem. You need to solve an engineering problem. They, we need critical thinkers. So flex that if you can. Um, and some of the best ways are some of those puzzles, right? You can just do things as simple as like, you know, Sue is sitting across the table from Bob, who is sitting to the left of uh, Jeff, you know, who's to the right of, of Bobby, who's next, who's to the left of Bobby, right? You can do these sort of like, uh, fun question, fun uh, word problems. They do quite a bit for, for critical thinking. And something that's emerging now is data analysis. Data analysis is something that used to be kind of specific, but it's really, really kind of, it's really growing. Um, it's a skill set that you don't need to like have today, 
But I would argue that in the coming future, it's going to be one of those, you must have this kind of skill set in order to get to, you know, to be competitive. Now, specific skills. This is where it gets a little tougher, but I have a tool for you. I really want you to check out jobscan.co. It is a great tool to do ATS. So ATS stands for Applicant Tracking System. If you've ever applied for a job online, you've gone through an ATS. Talio is one of the biggest ones. So if you've ever seen their little URL, it says Talio. Um, you're in the Talio ATS. What JobScan does is it does what those ATS systems do, except it tells you your results. It's a really great tool. Um, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I probably should have had a little visual showing you how it works. But basically, you can drop in a job description, and then you drop in your resume. It does the, the AI mesh to see how well do you fit, and it'll give you a number. It'll say, hey, you're 30% match, 60% match. In my experience, um, if you're over 45, 50%, you're, you're matching pretty well, especially for the entry-level jobs. They understand that for entry-level jobs, you may not tie up specifically to some of the, the skills that they're asking for. Um, so if you're at about 50%, you're doing pretty good. Their marketing thing is going to say, hey, if you're not at 80%, you can't get the job. That's their marketing thing. If you want to buy their thing, it's a great product, but the free one works great. So specific job skills. I, I want to take this idea and go back a page real quick uh, if I can. I don't even know if it'll let me. Because what that means is you need to have these specific job skills. There's going to be a job posting. Right? It's going to say very explicitly what they want you to do every day. It's going to list you know, technologies. It's going to list soft skills. It's going to list uh, maybe different applications. You know, we'll use PowerPoint. And if you want to target a specific job, knowing those skills is going to give you a massive, massive leg up. So I want to work at, you know, let's say AT&T. I want to work at AT&T, and I want to work in engineering, and I'm more the software kind of person. So go to AT&T's website. A lot of these websites have it broken down by department or by role. And so go there and start finding, you'll find a couple roles that are technical and are in the operations side, okay? Take that job description, put it in ATS. First, read it, right? Be a human. Read it. What do they want? What are they trying? What kind of person do they need? Are you that person? Could you maybe become that person quickly, right? With a, a certain, uh, a little bit of training, maybe some online certs. Maybe you can get those skills. You'd be amazed um, how quickly you can you can pick some things up with just a couple hours a day. So I want you to think about like where do you want to target on this matrix, and then go find those jobs, those specific skills for that job, so that you can either put them on your resume if you already have them. And if you don't have them, find a way to go get them really quick. Now, don't try to get every skill, right? The recruiters know. They know these tools are out there. So if they see someone with a 100% match, that's, do you have all this, I mean, come on. Do you really like have a 100% match? That's very unlikely. So um, don't try to game the system. Um, just try to put, you know, use these tools to know what information they want to see so network, uh, this is one of those things I didn't, you know, I'm 32 now and I'm just now really starting to understand what this means and starting to see how it pays off. Cause I was networking and I didn't really know it. Um, and now that I know what I was doing, you're already on the right path. Cause you're already trying to network and meet with people like me, Emmanuel, Awal, 
you're trying to meet some people that are out there trying to break outside of what they currently know, right? And reach, you know, people and technologies and things that they weren't going to otherwise. So you're doing the right thing being here. What takes, you know, now, now we need to keep going, right? So this is, I would consider this the base, right? Showing up for stuff like this, this is kind of the base. Um, real networking is making a real effort. And the word effort implies this, this is not easy, this is not automatic, um, and it takes time. And you're connecting with all kinds of people, family, friends, coworkers, mentor, colleagues, that's your network. Um, and so I just wanna let you know, I, I think I mentioned earlier that I've had three job invitations sent to me in the last 12 months where they were like, hey, I want this job. And I've found most of them for a couple different reasons. A lot of times they want me to move. Um, I like it here in Texas. Uh, so what that, you know, I want you to, to take the old saying. There's this old saying, at least it is over here in America. It might be over there. There might be some translation in Nigeria. Um, it's... And that's the old saying, and, that, and I'm, frankly, that kind of worked. Um, you knew someone of power, you could get a job. It was kind of that easy. Um, it's changed a lot. It's way more competitive. And so it's not what, what you know, and it's not who you know. It's who knows what you know. So this implies that the person of power, this person that might be able to give you a reference or whatever, it implies that the skill that you have they understand how you can be valuable to them. So put very plainly, be valuable, stay relevant. Now, value comes in so many different forms, right? If you can connect me with more people, that's valuable. I'm looking to connect with, like me, like right now, I'm looking to connect with people. Part of why I'm here. Um, that's one way. Another way is to write. How many people, I mean, you're reading text I wrote you know, earlier this week, I spend a lot of time reading books and reading forums online to get knowledge. That's value. That, that I can see that value. And you know, if I go read something, Hey, sorry about that. Like I said, I've been having some connectivity issues. I got new internet last week. Um, so this is the price I pay, I suppose, right? So let me bring up my deck again. It's trying. Sorry. I um, seem to be having some issues. One moment, I'm gonna have to close out of Chrome.
All right, if you can hear me, I'm hoping the third time's a charm. Um, part of telecom. But make it easy for the other person to see that value. Some of that's being loud. Um, so let's talk about that. We're going to get some confidence in talking about imposter syndromes. So, before we get that, I do want to talk about some of the resume stuff. There's some. There's a lot of subdue. Um, Don't put job to do is like really, really weird or nuanced, then describe it. Or if maybe you started a company, start, you know, something like what Emmanuel's here is doing, this would require a little bit of explanation. So a job description for something like this would probably be appropriate, but I would want to first put, what did you accomplish? You know, did you grow your subscriber base? Did you drive up revenue? Did you save time? Did you whatever? But try to avoid job descriptions, please. Do not use more than one page. If you're on this call, that means you are a junior-like person um, or an intermediate person in their career. You're at the one-page level. I'm telling you, if you're on this call and you're trying to learn this from me, you're at one page. I have a one-page resume. I've been working for five years. I had four internships and nine years of college. If I can fit it on one page, you can too. So don't use small or silly font. Um, you can use a unique font, but make it very legible and professional. Now. Getting creative, um, that's a little different. It, it kind of depends on what you're seeking. If you're doing like a design role, a creative resume is obvious. Uh, if you're doing a more technical role, it's probably not going to do a whole lot for you. I have a fun resume. My current resume is, I think, kind of neat. But um, it's definitely not like flashy or distracting because my resume is a list of the accomplishments that I've done. And so what do you want to do? You want to list those accomplishments skills, volunteer stuff, uh, any awards, education, and certificates. Definitely get all that stuff on there. And skills. I had one of my mentors. This was great. I couldn't believe it. I was telling him, like, he showed me his resume, and he had two things. He had an office and, like, Python. And that was all of his skills. That was it. That's all. I'm like, come on. You know so much more than office and uh, uh, Python. Come on. And he said, that's silly. Um, it's almost ridiculous, actually. And and he didn't know. He hasn't been in the workforce a whole lot yet. So, But I'll tell you what. My wife, that's how she gets jobs is soft skills. That's her whole occupation as a manager is team leadership, teamwork, collaborating, you know, inspiration negotiation, project management. These are all soft skills. I, I just described a manager. That's someone who manages people. So do not, um, you know, not list soft skills because you think they're padding or something like that. And I kind of felt that way too. I'll be, I'll admit when I was in college, uh, I saw, I thought all the soft skills were kind of um, nebulous or, or fluffy, but they're not, they're real. And I'll let you know, hiring managers are looking for that on your resume. So get those on there. 
make sure you're bolding stuff. Use, you have all these cool tools for, um, you know, you can use colors and stuff like that. Add caution on colors, but definitely use bold, italicize, and underline to highlight key things. If you're going into data analysis, SQL and Python need to be bold and underlined. I need to know that you know those things. They're basic, they're foundational things. Um, if you're going into sales, highlighting some big sales uh, thing that you closed, right? That that would be that would it would make it obvious that you're a good salesman, right? If I can see this, you know, sold three hundred thousand dollars in you know some new business service, make the three hundred thousand bold. Make my eyes come to that point so that I can see and make you know just make it super obvious and easy for me to see the value that you bring. Now. There's a whole lot of other people that you could listen to about resumes that will tell you a, a lot more specifics. I think it's subjective. Personally, this is my, this is John Elam's personal opinion. Um, some people say flashy resumes are dumb. Some people say flashy resumes are the only way to get a half color. Um, I've seen everything from you need to have a photo on your resume to in some states in the United States, and I believe in some countries across Europe, it's illegal to have a photo on your resume um, or for at least for that to be accepted it's kind of weird so everything else is kind of subjective I would I would argue I also take the opportunity here to filter out people I would work for so I make my resume really personalized and I what I think is fun and so if you don't like it you probably won't like me which means we probably won't work well together um, so yeah some people fight me on that thought too but I'm I'm really curious. I'm gonna go read all the chat, by the way. So if you guys have thoughts on how I do resumes, I'd love to read it. I wanted to show you guys what got me in my job. Um, this isn't my current resume. This is uh, four or five years old now, but this is the job that got me, or this is the resume that got me my job at AT&T. And um, I'm not gonna like read it or anything, but I do wanna point out a couple things. In the day and a couple house you would think this would come straight in I think we're back so one of the things I did really well back then was I bolded things that mattered um, I probably could have bolded a couple more things um, but actually, no, this is, this is pretty rock solid on the bolding. So don't bold who you worked for, right? I'll give you an example. Um, uh, over here in America, Walmart is the, the, you know, the low cost shopping opportunity, but a lot of people don't know that Walmart also has one of the top engineering, uh, groups in America and they pay their engineers very well and they do really hardcore engineering stuff. So if you saw Walmart up there, would you, and I was a software developer. Would you bold Walmart or would you bold software developer? Same with like McDonald's, right? If you're a cashier at McDonald's, that's a little different than being a assistant manager at McDonald's, right? So bold in your title. Your title is all about you and this resume is all about you. So make sure you're bolding and underlining stuff right. And like I underlined my Six Sigma certification. That was something that um, a lot of people, especially for a recent grad didn't have, and it gave me a really big leg up. So I wanted to underline that so people could really quickly see that, oh, hey, I did that that special thing, right? 
Another thing I think I did well was the order of info. So you want to start out with experience and then you want to move all the way down towards your education should be at the bottom. I see a lot of people put education up top because it's like the thing they finished. Uh, but frankly, your education in a lot of these, you know, environments that we're in right now, that's your ticket into the door. That's what got you the interview. So um, put the education down at the bottom because that's the whole reason they're even looking at it right a lot of times. I also did pretty well. Oh, I, I listed some accomplishments. So like I built, you can see, you know, if you read all the wording, I'm not gonna read it all, but I did some things. I didn't just list the job, job description. Now, some of these are job descriptions um, and that's where I did bad. Um, and I also probably didn't list enough skills. I like, I didn't list critical thinking or financial analysis. I did have critical thinking and financial analysis skills at the time. So I should have listed that. And I kind of, I think I shortchanged myself on some opportunities that I probably could have got. So confidence and imposter syndrome. I want you to understand that you're not, and for a lot of these roles, you're not competing against you know, like someone like me or someone with like 10, 15 years experience. You're competing against your peers, other people like watching this webcast, um, other people who are either like in school or just now graduating or just had their very first job kind of thing. Those are the people you're competing against if those are the jobs you're, you know, trying to get. Now, if you're trying to get a directorship, you're going to be competing against, you know, some higher level people. But I want you to understand that you're competing against your peers. And so don't feel like you need to have, you know, five, 10 years experience. A lot of times you'll see that they want five years of this, seven years of that. That doesn't necessarily mean that you were paid for five years to do that skill. It just means, have you done that for that many years? So an example would be SQL. I want five years of SQL. Well, if you spent the last two years of your graduate of your undergraduate degree doing SQL, and then you've been working for someone else doing SQL for three more years, now you you have five years five years of experience. So don't shortchange yourself on on what you have, and bear in mind that everyone who's in your position is is trying to get the same kinds of jobs, right? They're trying to get jobs where they say we want five years experience, even though you don't have any. Because you ought to understand that someone like me who has five years experience is trying to chase down these ones with 10 or 15 or 20 years of experience. So we're always trying to like push the limit. Um, and a lot of recruiters understand that. And I want you to understand that if you don't meet all of the minimums, that's okay. If you meet 65% of them, you have a good shot. I've seen, I've actually seen on LinkedIn um, some really good posts of people showing jobs that they got where they didn't meet the job descriptions. And I've seen quite a few of these. Uh, you could argue that I didn't really meet all the, the requirements for the job that I got at AT&T. Um, but you can make up for things in other spaces. If you got more leadership, but less technical, that's good. If you got more technical, less leadership, that's okay too. And this is, these are just two dynamics. There's so many. Um, so just under, understand that you're competing against your peers. Okay. I also want you to understand that imposter syndrome is super real. Um, you're probably going to, if you haven't felt it, you're probably going to. I've heard any, the numbers range anywhere from like 60 to up to like 95% of people, of professionals experience imposter syndrome at some point in their life. So what that means is that every single one of your beloved actors, scientists, CEOs, politicians, at one point they felt like they didn't belong in the seat they're in. And I want you to know that we're all humans, even those people you look up to, they're just humans. We're just trying to make tomorrow better for ourselves and those around us. So I want you to, to understand that 
I really want, you know, this is something that I really think, you know, mental health is not something that we've just recently started talking about in society. And this is a big deal. So, uh, um, I know over in the States, suicide has kind of gotten to be uh, suicides on the rise. And it's a lot of this. It's a lot of not feeling like you're, you belong or you do enough. What you need to do is tell, tell people about it. Uh, I also want to share with you, I think I'm about to close up. I think this might be my last slide. There's a hard, hard truth. There's no way around it. There's no fix. But it's something you need to know because it's it's real. Most jobs are filled before the job is even announced. And I want you to think about what that means. And I want you to really think about like what that should mean for you when you're applying for jobs. If you apply for... 20 jobs, 50 jobs, 100 jobs. I applied for somewhere in the neighborhood of 85 jobs when I graduated. At the junior, junior, junior level, maybe not all of those are, are spoken for, but the second you go up one level and you do the not in college grad anymore, right? You're going up to like being a, an associate, whatever, or maybe even a senior or something. Literally in my experience, and in the experiences of people I've been talking to to figure out if this is real, 50% or so of those jobs are filled. They, they have to post them online for legal reasons. They have to make the attempt that we didn't already have someone in mind because there's like all these HR policies um, for you know considering a, a diverse pool of candidates. But at the end of the day, a lot of these people are pre-chosen before they even put that job out on the, the web for you to go apply for it. So if you're not getting the job, I just want you to, to know and understand that it might already be filled. So don't fill, but you keep applying. But I would argue that the best thing you can do, right? If you're in the sit, if you're in the seat right now watching me trying to learn how to get a job, network. Go meet people, find a way you can help them out. They will remember that. So be valuable, stay relevant, and and find a way that you can connect and, and be known. So with that, I think I'm pretty close to the top of the hour. Um, if you guys got any questions, I'm going to come over to the YouTube chat room and see if there's any uh, questions y'all have that I might be able to answer. Cool. Uh, one looks like Brahari is wanting to know if I can... Share the deck. Actually, I think um, if you follow me on LinkedIn, I think I'm actually going to put my this deck on the uh, on my LinkedIn page. So if you wanted to kind of peruse through it, I think I'm going to get this loaded up there. I'm sure um, Wall is probably going to get this loaded on the uh, Y E Y I E E LinkedIn site as well. So um, expect to, to see the deck coming out pretty soon. So there was a question. How can I understand a company better? Know all the available roles and what they do during the job search. It's a really good question. So understanding a company better, right at the gate, be about us, right? If you can just read the, you know, what they think they are, right? They're gonna tell you how they feel about themselves and you kind of see if you fit. There's gonna be some culture here, right? If you don't, if what they're talking about doesn't line up with how you feel, then it's, you're not gonna be motivated. You're not going to feel that that drive. Um, so the About Us page is going to be a great uh, spot to start. 
their careers page is going to have a breakdown of all of the different roles that are available. Now, a lot of times they're broken out. Uh, you know, I had on my slide a couple little bit ago. Let me pull it up. Actually, there'll be different business units, and so with that, you'll go to like the operations section, and inside. There, there'll be all these different roles. It'll be a marketing, a really good place to figure out what roles are available. Now, what they do, that's actually kind of tough. Find the person who has that title on LinkedIn. LinkedIn has some great searching capabilities. You can say, I want to search for someone at AT&T. A lot of really good filtering tools on LinkedIn to be able to find these kinds of people. There's also... Um, I'll have to find it. I'll put, there's a, there's a service I found that will help you find someone's email. Like if you know the place where they work and you know their name, um, a lot of these emails are pre-generated. Uh, you'd be surprised. Like it's, it's first name, first name, dot last name, and then at wherever they work. So some of these, you know, someone's gotten really clever and found a way to, uh, put these out there, right. And make this available. So I'm going to go see if I can find that link and get that on my LinkedIn as well. Um, but that's a really good way to find out what that person does in that role is to talk to someone directly because they would they're the ones who actually know so anything else any other uh any other quick questions I think Zika is there anything you want to uh you want to add in to, to close us out for the uh for this event it's been a lot of fun I hope you all learned a lot No, no questions. Okay. Well, everybody, it's been a lot of fun. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm always happy to help and, you know, point you in a direction. If you got any questions about what's going on. Um, I, I really like this. The reason I'm here, I, I just like doing this. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to connecting with you all and hoping to see you all grow and watch your journeys kind of blossom into something really fun and impactful, right? That's the goal. Oh, I, I think there's a quick question coming in real quick before we close. Maybe. Is that uh, Salami? Is that how you pronounce that? I think you had a question. Mm -hmm, perhaps not. So, well, Salami, if, if you do have a question, just ping me out on LinkedIn. I'm sure I can get it answered for you as best I can. Um, but with that, I hope you all have a great weekend. And uh, I really look forward to hopefully doing something like this again in the future. It's been a lot of fun. Cheers. Hello everyone. Hi John.
Hello, Emmanuel. Can you all hear me? Okay, can I get, can I, I want to know you guys here. So I want to do something in the comment section. Is John still with us, please? Okay, thank you very much, John. It was really a nice session having you here. Yeah. Sorry I couldn't join the chat earlier enough. I had um, network issues while coming apart. So, but thankfully, I've been able to settle that and here I am. So yes, John, we have a question currently in the chat box. Kindly do also help provide answers to that. And okay, for those of us who were present with us when we started the chat. Oh, hi, John. What's up? Hello. Hey. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I think... oh, it was fun. It was super fun. Yeah. Okay, have you seen the question in the chat box? Yeah, I think I just see uh, Salami did have a question. Um, so a lot of jobs are pre-filled before the position. How do we get a job opportunity? So the reason I brought that up was not to be discouraging, hopefully. Uh, my objective is to let you know that it's a numbers game. And that if you think that you're applying for one job, you're not. You've actually applied for half of a job. And that sounds weird, but I want you to think of it from like a numbers game, right? If half of the jobs are pre-filled, then if you applied for two jobs, then you really acting like only a numbers game has to double. That's what I want you to take away from that. And that if you think that you're gonna get a job with 30 applications, you're probably gonna have to make 60 applications. And that's, that's what I wanted you to take away from it, is that it's actually just more effort than you think it's going to be. And I'll, I'll tell you something I heard on our Clubhouse event last night that was really good. If you want to get in the 1%, right? You know, you, you see all these people, they want to work at Google and Facebook and stuff like that, right? Those people make the 1% money, okay? And they have the 1% jobs. What that means is you have to be able and willing to do what 99% of people either cannot or will not do. So it's a numbers game. Turn up the dial, right? And uh, you start to get results. Unfortunately, it, it is a brute force effort. Well, that, that, that was also, you know, being what the 99% of others cannot do, and then doing that 1%. I really like that. Thanks for giving the good insight. Thank you very much. Cool. Yeah, and then yeah, Elijon, I still that. I'm sorry. What was that? I said I I still that. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So I, I went. I went blank for a moment. It's pretty hard to hear you. I don't know why. I.
Hmm. That's odd. Well, guys. Oh, is that better? Oh, I just. Yeah, yeah. Hey. I think our network is really fluctuating. Okay. Um, just to contribute to um Salami's question. Um, during the presentation, John named something about networking. You see, one thing um the one percent out there are doing is that they network their way into this company and this is very important shooting your application online just the online application won't definitely get you there because as john said most of the applications are prefilled this is why you network you build a long-time relationship with hiring managers with recruiters and linkedin is a very good place for this i hope salami the question is clear and enlightening Okay, welcome back around. Can you hear me, please? Well, thank you very much, Connor. I hear you. Oh, great. I hope you agree with that, John. I do. I do. Great. 100%. That, that is exactly like resume is nice, but honestly, the resume is it just kind of gets you. It might get you in the door. May you know, it's kind of a maybe, but your network is going to open doors for you because especially if you really show that valuable, they're going to want to work with. They're going to literally reach out because you're easier to work with than the average Joe. So it works. It works you know, incredibly I, well. It does take a long time. I don't lie about it. Oh. Great. You know, I remember applying for an application recently, and what happened was when others are shooting their resume in the HR department, I just networked my way into contacting the um, manager direct. And the job process, which ought to take two months within the space of less than seven days, I got the job. So it's about networking, building a long time before you know you get it all. Thank you so much for the awesome show. Okay, yeah, you might know that. Okay, over to you, Awal. Yeah, you know, you saying that you were able to work, talk to the manager and then getting the job in the space of less than two months. Now, let's say a typical person talking in chat. Or I lost him. Watching this live stream at the moment. How will that person be able to get in touch with the manager or the HR of a particular company in order for them to have that kind of rapport or communication that they can leverage on in order for them to get job opportunity at sort? Okay. Um. Sorry, I did not get that. Your network is quite breaking. Why is it from my end? Okay. okay. Let Let me come over. I'm eligible enough now. Good. I can't hear him. Yes, you are. Well. You're audible now. Okay, fine. Thank you. Yeah, so I said, you know, you said you were able to get the job in a space of less than two months because you were able to talk with the manager in charge of the opportunity. So now, a typical looking at the typical person on this live stream right now, how will they be able to leverage on such opportunities that will give them assets to HRs and managers? In their intended industries or space of works, 
What suggestions can you give to me? Okay. So I, um, I think I missed the beginning like of the question. I, I heard the end of the question talking about being able to work with in a specific industry, but what was the beginning of the question? Okay, I think it's asking, um, what suggestion will you give to our audience currently for networking? How do they network their way to get in touch with hiring managers and then the recruiters in this company which they want to work with? So, Networking is tough. It takes a long time. The best way is to find a way that you, your, your special thing, right? Your, what makes you unique? And not just like unique in a fun way, right? What's your unique value, right? Are you good with colors and, and art? Are you good with people? And putting together like events like this, like we, we have this event, we're doing this right now. This is a massive skill set. Being able to organize these, this is a whole job. People have whole employment jobs just for setting up stuff like this, right? You're already doing it. You're already networking. Um, so I would challenge the audience to as much as they can engage in activities like this, but not as an audience member. Okay. It's really nice to suck up the information, right? I can tell you things that worked for me, but a lot of those things that worked for me were activities. They were, I was doing stuff, whether that was in the form of, just reaching out and just, just trying to say, hey, I want to learn more about what you do. You would be amazed how many people will answer a cold email or a cold LinkedIn message of what do you want? You know, if you were to message me and just say, hey, John, what do you do at AT&T? You would be amazed. Like, I, I would be happy. Hey, I do this and I make some stuff like this. I make these apps. Um, here's some skill sets I've had to work with. You'd be amazed how many people would have no... People love talking about themselves, themselves, don't they? Like, if someone, you know, don't you like like letting someone know the things you're good at? Because if you're a professional, you're probably good at what you do. Same question: What do you do? How'd you get there? What's your education like? What was your? You know, did you have any bad bosses? How could I avoid bad bosses? Um, they would love to share that info. So oh, that's probably where I would start. The next step is value, right? Write, let people know, make videos, add value somehow. You'd be amazed. Now that I can't tell you what to do, right? Because I'm a de I'm a developer. I would tell you to go make an app. But what if you don't? You know, what if you're in marketing, right? You need to learn the marketing thing. To be honest, what what do marketing people? How do they show their value? If I were to guess, I would guess that in marketing, if you can show that you've group driven the engagement from 20 people to 7,000 people a year that's marketing uh, you just showed me your value right there you you did something so I hope that helps did I answer your yeah. question I guess it's probably a better yeah. one yes yes okay, okay. um just to add to that thank you so much that was awesome um, let me add to that. Um, I think I will share my screen to show how I got into the organization where I'm working with now and how it's all happened. Permit me to share my screen. So, um, John named something about sending a coded message. 
And that's very important. For me, it's always my passport to getting what I want. So um, let me know when you can see my screen. Okay, can you see my screen? See ya. Okay, yes. first I, I went into the organization which I want to work with after seeing their recruitment. After seeing their recruitment, oh, they are recruiting for a role which I'm qualified for. Then I sent a coded message to, the, to him. I am excited about your work at, okay, I solve problems. I'm a creative marketer. I'm open to opportunity. And he asked me, send me your CV. And immediately straight to the interview phase. And then we got it. So it's about sending a coded message, not to one company, not to two companies, but lots of companies. And I do this is very simple. Okay, I'm sharing another tab now. Yeah, no, that was spot on. Like being able to, to send that kind of message and say, hey, here's, here's what I think is interesting about you. Here's how I can add value to you. Are you interested, you know, and I, I just want to keep talking. I just want to keep talking. It's not that you don't even go into like, hey, I want to talk. I, I think I could be valuable. You seem valuable to me. Can we be friends? That is the best. That's the real network. Let's be friends. Be friends. Yeah. Okay, I think I can see a question in the chat box. How can someone build network before going to a company? You know no one there. I think this will be the last question we, we are taking today. We'll shoot our time. So, John, do you want to give an answer to that? I'll try or to take a wall, do you want to? A wall, I I'd really like to hear what a wall has to say. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. I'll put you on the spot. Yeah, so how can someone build a network of financial companies that you don't know what it is? Basically, I'll say simple. When we have opportunities like LinkedIn, LinkedIn is a perfect and wonderful avenue for you to get in touch with people that work in places that you aspire to work. So you can just contact the HR or the recruiter. Because many times, the mistake people make is that they try and reach out to the probably the CEO or people who are not in the hiring line. So your target is to reach out to the hiring manager or the HR manager or the recruiter in that particular industry or that particular company that you're interested in working at, send them a message via LinkedIn, tell them what you can offer. Show them you have a value that you're bringing down to their company, not just what they can do for you. It is most, it is very important to tell them what you can do for them. It's not just you collecting from them, it's what you can also put on the table to better their company and the like. So I believe when you do that and then you have the required skill set, but many times people go into places are having the necessary skill set to work there. The moment you have the necessary skill set to work in a place that you're applying to, then give it a shot. Shoot, 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 shoot. Then space of no matter, it's just just as long as you try, definitely just keep on trying and then keep on pushing. Sky is So I feel I hope that answers. Sincerely. That's lovely. No, I feel like yep, clapping. Spot on. I felt this is spot on. Yeah. So, so really, it, you know, and it's it's a lot of stuff. 
Well, it's a lot of the same things, right? And it's doing the same thing over and over and over and trust in the process. And and you can listen to you know, us on here. If you get on LinkedIn or Clubhouse or some other chat apps, you're gonna hear the same thing. It's It's repeatedly doing these small things over and over and trusting the process that you will, that it's, it will circle back around and it will, I guarantee it. There is a numbers game and some people are going to say no. Some people don't want to talk to you, but probably half or more do. Um, so really, truly it's, it's about putting yourself out there is a big part of it and then let them know your value. Yeah, exactly. And I guess, you know, specifically to um, Buhari's question about building a network at a company, it'd be the same as, you know, just trying to build your network in general, except you target that company, right? If you're wanting to learn more about data science, you go find data scientists, you follow them on Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and stuff, and you'll learn a lot from them. Engage in their posts, start making your own posts. Um, that works pretty well, but also just the the straight up, like um, Ezekiel just pulled up, cold message someone, show them you're interested in what they do, show that value back, except do that targetedly for a company. Let's say you really want to work at Microsoft. You start finding people at Microsoft people. When you show up, you know, six months from now, because you got the job, then you're gonna have like 20 people in Microsoft that have been chatting with you for the last few, you know, three or four months. You'll have a network now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emmanuel, is Emmanuel still around? Same of chat. Seems like he might it might have fallen off. Well, I guess. Yeah, most likely. Well, I guess that brings us to the end of the session. So, ah, uh, the bridge is probably closing on us. Else has any questions? Yeah. So, um, John, like it was wonderful having you. I really enjoyed just session today. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's amazing. We hope to have you around next time. Probably by the end of the year, because we do this joint speaker session where we have speakers from january to december so it's like an angle so to say where we have fun and games together just to chill out and then relax on the ethic point of the yes i'd be happy to you can yeah thank you very much and then people can reach out to john on linkedin so it's linkedin that's i n slash john lm so Emmanuel will send his linkedin link to you guys the email will forward it to your emails and then the document as well. Document slides that you use to present before that to you guys. So yes, you can make use of it. Use it to the best of your opportunities. And then we hope you guys get the best of jobs, the best of salaries, and then we'll see each other at big places. So thank you once again, John. Nice. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So yeah. Bye -bye. have a great weekend, guys. I have a wonderful yeah. Wow, so beautiful.
Hey guys, we were so excited that we forgot to end the live stream. Thanks so much. Bye.